Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, and we start with local news. There was some breaking news yesterday when Columbia Fire Chief Ty Cobb was suspended from duty as of Wednesday, November 1st, the morning of. City Manager Tony Massey confirmed the suspension to Main Street Murray and Kennedy Broadcasting, but declined to comment further, saying, I don't discuss personnel matters. Cobb could not be immediately reached for comment. He has served as Columbia's fire chief since 2017. The reason for the suspension was not given. Cobb requested last month that the City of Columbia launch an internal investigation into the city's response to the May 3rd Central High School shooting hoax. In that request, Cobb cited concern for the safety of his employees. This is a developing story, and we'll have more information as we learn it. A man has been charged in connection with a Columbia house fire which occurred at 2800 Bellmead Place on October 23rd. Daniel Hood, 37, was charged with reckless endangerment, arson, and public intoxication, according to an arrest warrant obtained from the Murray County General Sessions Court. The warrant states that officers encountered Hood at his residence, quote, standing outside his garage while the driveway was on fire, unquote. During investigation, after being Mirandized, Hood advised that he did set his garage on fire with the blowtorch that was lying in the driveway nearby him. Hood's house became fully engulfed in flames and placed the nearby residences and the occupants in danger of serious bodily injury or death, the warrant reads. The warrant states that Hood kept attempting to walk back up to the residence to get beer in the driveway, placing himself in danger of serious bodily injury or death. Hood was booked into the Murray County Jail on October 23rd. He posted bond on Saturday, October 28th, although the amount of bond was not immediately known. In a press release, Columbia Fire and Rescue said crews were dispatched around 1.06 a.m. on Monday, October 23rd to a residential structure fire on Bellmead Place. Truck 5 immediately responded and upon arrival found a single-family home engulfed in flames. Columbia Fire and Rescue crews, along with crews from Spring Hill Fire, worked to successfully extinguish the fire. Murray Regional EMS, Columbia Police, and Columbia Power and Water Systems all responded to the scene, the statement read. According to public records, Hood has a long criminal history dating back to 2014, with charges of drug possession, vandalism, and criminal trespassing, which all occurred in Davidson County. Hood is set to appear in General Sessions Court at the Murray County Courthouse on Wednesday, November 8th. Yesterday, the Columbia Peace and Justice Initiative held their annual Legacy Luncheon. The event honored native Columbian and former head of the TSSAA, Bernard Childress. Front Porch Radio's Clayton Harris attended the event and got to speak to the honored guest. This is Clayton Harris coming to you live from the Memorial Building for the 2023 Columbia Peace and Justice Initiative Legacy Luncheon and the 2023 Legacy Award uh, this year went to Mr. Bernard Childress. Mr. Childress, congratulations. Well, thank you so much. It means so much. It's been a fantastic day. I know it's got to mean a lot coming back to your hometown and, and being honored in this way, especially with all the people in attendance. Sure, Clayton. As I said, you know, in my my remarks of all honors that I received, you know, I've been very blessed throughout the nation, but to be honored by people in your hometown who know you, who you grew up with, this means more to me than any other honor I've ever received. 
Now, you're a 1973 graduate of Columbia Central High School. You went on and had a basketball career at Belmont University where you graduated. Uh, and then you went to Trevecca and got your master's. You ended up coming back here as the principal of Whitthorn Middle School and then on to the TSSAA. So Columbia's been a big part of your life, obviously, uh, back before you even joined the TSSAA, and now it's kind of circled back here as you got the award today. Well, there's no doubt. I'm a Columbia boy. And I tell anyone, uh, my roots are here. I love Columbia. I love the people of Columbia. And, you know, I, I did leave and go to TSSAA, but I felt like God had a, a plan for me. I know he did. For my, not only just to be able to touch young people in this community, but across the nation. I've had a wonderful career, but I'll, Columbia will always be home for me. You're retired now. I'm guessing you're going to enjoy those three grandchildren. Exactly. I told my daughters, I said, you know, there were many times when they were even playing sports, when they were at Columbia Central and they went on and playing sports, and I couldn't get there to see them play. I said, but God has made it where now I'm going to be with my grandkids. I enjoy being with all three of them. Uh, my oldest one is five. I got a four. Well, the youngest one is four months. But just to be able to be there and be there for them every day when they need me is a blessing. Mr. Childress, again, congratulations. We appreciate everything you've done for this community, and uh, what an honor today to, to be here with you. Well, thank you so much, and I am retired, but as I told several people in here, if anyone in Columbia ever needs me, I'm just a phone call away. I'll never stop working for young people. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Childress. We appreciate you. it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Growth, planning, and what's being done to put Columbia on the national map was the focus of Tuesday's Breakfast with the Mayor, presented by the Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance. The Breakfast with the Mayor series typically features a one-on-one Q&A style of presentation. However, as its final breakfast event of the year, the city chose to do things a little differently by including city representatives to discuss tourism and growth. Tuesday's panel consisted of Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder, Director of Development Services Paul Keltner, and Columbia Tourism and Marketing Director Kelly Murphy, with Murray Alliance President Will Evans moderating. A tradition of each Breakfast with the Mayor begins with the question, what is Columbia's greatest opportunity and greatest challenge moving forward? One of the top advantages, Mulder said, is he sees as the opportunity for Columbia to truly envision its future as a city through its strategic plans which include potential for future housing, roadway, and other associated infrastructure projects, as well as opportunities for small businesses to thrive. Some of the major projects are also designed in a way to not only benefit Columbia, but the county and region as a whole, such as the long-awaited widening of Bear Creek Pike. There are a number of opportunities we have as a city. Infrastructure, for example. We are currently all for the widening of Bear Creek Pike, and it's an example of a collaborative project with our state officials as well as local, Mulder said. There's an opportunity there, and we feel well positioned that we are going to obtain the funding for that. We've applied for the funding and are still in it and feel really good about the prospects, he said. Keltner added that the city is currently seeing an average of 600 building permit approvals per year since 2019 and 2020, which has not only created a much greater economic growth, but has presented its own share of challenges. 
The market can change much faster than we can change, and admittedly, so we'll be behind on a few things. But we now have a lot more staff in our department, added multiple planners, engineers, and building inspectors, Keltner said. We're looking at how to modernize our department more, be more efficient, and be more forthcoming in presenting information, he said. Regarding additional challenges, Mulder said maintaining adequate infrastructure to keep up with the city's growth is at the top of the list, among other topics. You've always got to think outside of the box. Look at other peer communities to so you can set a benchmark for yourself and take away some of the good things, Mulder said. Challenges are good, but it's how you deal with those challenges. If you are being proactive and seeing how other communities are doing it, where you get a good trajectory moving forward, he said. The discussion also included talks of what defines a city's infrastructure and how its leaders are addressing the challenge of keeping up with growth. Mulder said Columbia is not necessarily where it needs to be right now in infrastructure, but said the city would be as plans continue to move forward. He emphasized that although almost 15,000 homes are slated to be built, it won't happen all at one time. Some developments take 10 years to build, Keltner added. In addition to multiple road projects, part of that infrastructure need includes utilities such as wastewater, another top priority, which includes plans for a new wastewater facility. Keltner said that project is currently in its design phase. We are working on getting the physical design as well as the zonings in place, Keltner said. They are capitalizing on having a program or company now that can model that out for them. So when... We say they'll have 200 homes. We can average out the amount of usage in each home and factor that into the draw they have from the Duck River. Mayor Mulder added that wastewater, while not the most exciting topic, is just as vital as other projects associated with growth. After all, it's a system that everyone uses, and having the right capacity for residential homes, businesses, and other properties is important. That will be the most significant capital improvement project that the city has ever undertaken and will ensure that we have adequate sewer infrastructure for at least the next 25 years, Mulder said. If we weren't working on that, then in the next three to five years, we would probably have some issues. While growth and progress on the local level have been a large part of the story, promoting Columbia as a tourism destination has also played a big role. This has included establishing the Visit Columbia Welcome Center, which is approaching its second year off North Main Street, located next to the Columbia Police Department. Tourism has also proven to be a large economic generator for small businesses, particularly in the downtown district. Murray County breaks down to about $127 million, and for us, that's up $10 million from the previous year, Murphy said. Tourism is still the number two industry in the state behind agriculture, which is pretty impressive, she said. According to data from statistical analysis group Placer, the downtown district generated approximately $110 million in 2022. We'll continue to do more events that will impact those numbers, Murphy said. Our focus isn't just about reaching out and bringing visitors here, it's about destination development as well. How we can help promote that. Whatever we can do to help you do your job better is what we are here to do, she said. In addition, the city has been awarded several grants and funding opportunities, such as the city's hotel motel tax, which have helped achieve projects like Ridley Park's expansion, roadway beautification projects in the Columbia Arts District, and most recently, the Pokes at Preservation Park sculpture project, set to be unveiled Friday across the from the James K. Poke Home and Museum. The foot traffic downtown has also been really great for our small businesses, and we cannot forget the small businesses of our community as we see this unprecedented growth, Mulder said. 
We're seeing new businesses, larger commercial entities that are coming to Columbia. But we have to remember that the true backbone for Columbia is our small business community. It makes me happy seeing our downtown booming on a Saturday morning because I know that is the result of this boom. Our small businesses will boom, he said. Miracle League of Columbia held a ribbon-cutting ceremony to officially announce the plans for the park located at the former Babe Ruth League field at Murray County Park. A rendering of the future project has been placed at the site depicting the ball field as well as the all-inclusive playground equipment that will be built at the site. Julie Beck, board member of the Miracle League of Columbia at Murray County Park, said this was the celebration following the organizational meeting, organization rather, meeting its fundraising goal. When Robin Eastep asked me to come on board two years ago, we immediately started fundraising. We have raised more funds in the least amount of time than any other Miracle League has ever done, Beck said. Eastep fell in love with the program through her time watching her nephew, Tay Rammer, participate in the Murfreesboro League. My nephew, Tay, means the world to me. He's such a bright light to everyone, Eastep said. I would love to see something like Miracle League closer to home for not only Tay, but for all of the other children who could use it, she said. Miracle League baseball fields are custom designed with cushioned rubberized surfaces to help prevent injuries. The fields are completely flat to eliminate any barriers to wheelchair-bound or visually impaired players. The complexes also feature wheelchair-accessible dugouts, restrooms, concession stands, and picnic pavilions. Unfortunately, despite the quick work in fundraising, prices for construction have risen in that time frame, which means fundraising is still ongoing. But that won't stop the group from getting started on the project. Beck said the generosity of the community has been overwhelming, especially following the annual benefit ball, which raised $100,000 for Miracle League to get them over the top of that initial goal. The benefit ball began in 1972 as the military ball to support Columbia Military Academy. In 1980-81, to 81, the organization took the current name, Murray County Historic Benefit Association, and became a 501c3 in its own right. Annual proceeds are awarded by application exclusively to other Murray County charitable organizations. In addition to the baseball field, the all-inclusive playground is likely to see many visitors. We've got the baseball field, but the big attraction on the playground is the zip lines. Any child, regardless of their ability, can ride the zip line, Beck said. Most Miracle League playgrounds only have two zip lines, but they're the most popular, so there are always lines. Every time we go to see a playground, there's a line for the zip line, so we decided to do four, she said. We have swings, a tilt-a-whirl, we have slides and roller slides, a slow incline slide for those with limited ability. Because the playground is so close to the ballpark, you can have families playing ball, and maybe another part of the family can be on the playground, she said. Once the project breaks ground, Beck said she believes it could be from nine months to a year before the project is complete, but the entire board is working toward that day, including Mike and Dan Ugla. Dan, a former Major League Baseball player, pledged a donation that would allow the field to bear his name. This is the stuff that's really cool. The kids who need help to do those kinds of things, it's character building, loving kids, loving other people, people who are different from you he said at the initial launch in November of 2021. Helping people and giving them a chance to play a game they love but didn't have a place to do it before is really cool, he said. A new era of baseball at Murray County Park will begin with this project. Murray County families grew up playing baseball at this park. The Uglas grew up playing at this park. It's a major part of our community's fabric, and to have a new generation of Murray County children making memories here is going to be a blessing, Beck said.
Murray County's Veterans Day Parade is right around the corner, and the Grand Marshals have been announced as hometown heroes Beverly Williams, who served in Vietnam, and Dale Winston Riggs, who served in the Korean War. This year's parade, which will take place on Saturday, November 11th, will be the county's first in recent years. Veteran Services Officer Lisa Von Hagen said the county last held a parade years ago, but it is not known when it began and when it ended. Raised in California, Williams received her bachelor's degree in nursing in 1966 and later received her master's degree in healthcare management in 1977. Williams began active duty in 1966, where she was assigned to the MAC Scott Air Force Base in Illinois to hospital nursing. She then served in Da Nang, Vietnam, in the 22nd Casualty Staging Flight from April 15, 1968 to April 15, 1969. Upon being promoted to the rank of captain, Williams's assignment was to treat and prepare casualties from all branches in Northern I-Corps for evacuation for additional care. After returning home, Williams joined the California Air National Guard, becoming part of the 146th Aeromedical Evacuation Squadron in Van Nuys, California, before graduating from flight school in 1971. Williams, who has resided in Spring Hill since 2010, says she is excited and humbled to serve as one of the Grand Marshals in the parade. My heart is always with Gold Star families and our returning vets and varying needs of ongoing services provided by Lisa and her staff at the Vet Service Office, she said. Also set to be in attendance as the second Grand Marshal is Korean War veteran Dale Winston Riggs. Born in 1933 during the Great Depression, Riggs enlisted in the Army at only 16 years old. He served as a combat infantry medic in the 9th Infantry 2nd Division from 1950 until 1953. Originally from upstate New York, Riggs moved to Spring Hill in 2020. Riggs said he believes he was born to fight for his country, while adding another factor in his decision to enlist was the condition he was living in at the time. One of nine children, Riggs said he didn't have his own bed or a pair of shoes growing up. Generationally, men of my age enlisted in swarms because it provided three square meals a day, your own pair of shoes, and a bed to sleep in, Riggs said, adding that his brothers also served. Riggs said he was first assigned to a medical battalion. When they found out I knew how to drive, I was the medic in the ambulance taking wounded POWs back to the base, he said. I volunteered to go into the infantry next. I was assigned as a rifle company medic on the front lines, serving in the 9th Infantry 2nd Division. Of all of his battles, Riggs said his hardest was Hill 365, known as Old Baldy. There was nothing left up there, he said, just tree stumps and holes when we got done with him. Coming home was a difference between daylight and dark, Riggs said. For his service, Riggs received the Combat Medical Badge, Bronze Star, and Purple Heart. Riggs was also one of 13 men to sign the petition for the creation of the Korean War Monument in D.C. Riggs is also the founding member of the Korean War Veterans Association organization, which was founded in 1984. Murray County's Veterans Day Parade is scheduled for Saturday, November 11th at 11 a.m. The parade will start at Columbia Plaza on West 7th Street, passing the Memorial Building before turning at the Pocomb onto South High Street and ending at the Mule House. And now your hometown memorial sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Jean Gwaltney Worley, 96, a longtime resident of Dry Fork Road in Hampshire, died Sunday, October 29th at the Fountains of Franklin. Funeral services for Mrs. Worley will be conducted on Saturday, November 4th at 11 a.m. at West 7th Street Church of Christ. Burial will follow in Worley Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols and on Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. prior to the service at West 7th Street Church of Christ. 
Mr. Charles Henry Frazier, 97, former resident of Columbia, died Saturday, October 28th at Stones River Manor in Murfreesboro. Graveside services will be conducted on Saturday, November 4th at 2 p.m. at Arlington Cemetery in Mount Pleasant. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have plenty of sunshine today with a high of around 60 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect a clear sky and a low of 32. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. 
Check us out online at McEwingGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwing Group. Or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwing Group. Land is your legacy. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Deciding what your next home will look like, cost in construction, or timing can be intimidating. At The Way Realty, our licensed general contractors help take the fear out of home building by walking you through the step-by-step process of estimating the cost and designing the look that you desire. You can even stay in your house until your new house is finished. Do you have a family farm or a piece of land you would like to build on? Our prices start at $195 a square foot and include brick and nice finishes. Come by our office and see what we can do for you at 800 Hatcher Lane in Columbia or call us at 931-580-4669. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. After a year-long search, Fisk University has chosen a familiar face to be the next director for the world-renowned Jubilee Singers. G. Preston Wilson Jr. will take on the role in January. The university said in a news release Tuesday... Wilson comes after legendary director Paul T. Kwame, who taught Wilson while he was a member of the ensemble, died in September of 2022. Founded in 1871, the Jubilee Singers were the first to introduce Negro spirituals to an international audience. Under Kwame's leadership, they won their first Grammy and entered the Grammy and Gospel Gospel Halls of Fame. A native of Durham, North Carolina, Wilson graduated from Fisk with a bachelor's in music education in 2010. While Wilson performed with the group, the Jubilee Singers were honored with the National Medal of Arts presented by President George Bush. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover this final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Murray Regional Health has announced some big plans for the future. On June 30th, the health system announced its first major construction project at Murray Regional Medical Center in approximately 20 years. The $115 million facility improvement plan will enhance our patient experience and expand access to care for our patients. It's an exciting time at Murray Regional Health, and we hope you'll stand with us as we embark on this renovation and expansion plan. Learn more by visiting murrayregional.com slash bigplans. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. Christmas for Kids is a not-for-profit organization that has been in existence for 40 years. Each year, the organization provides hundreds of un- provides hundreds of underprivileged children in Middle Tennessee with their very own Christmas shopping spree. Christmas for Kids, or C4K, revealed the lineup for its 2023 benefit concert, set for Monday, November 20th at 7 p.m. at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium. This year's big show will feature performances by Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Hart, Hunter Girl, and Michaela Lane. Christmas for Kids is celebrating its 41st year of making Christmas special for kids in Middle Tennessee, says C4K President Linda O'Connell. We've got adult volunteers who shopped with us as children. They remember how special it was for them as children and wanted to pass it forward. This year we plan to shop with 480 kids ages 6 to 13, and we couldn't do it without these wonderfully talented musicians who come together to help us continue year after year, she said. In addition to headlining this year's concert, Shenandoah will also host the show. Tickets are $50 and $30 and are available for purchase now via www.rymanauditorium. I'm sorry, ryman.com. All proceeds generated from the concert go to Christmas for Kids organization. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.